Good evening, you guys. I am back for another episode of Let's Talk About It. And tonight, I am joined by a very special guest, Mr. Tori Williams, because you can't have my government name. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, I sent him the flyer, and he was like, no, take my government name off. Go fix that. Oh, uh-uh. He really wouldn't let me post it, y'all. So the name is nope. Tori Williams. Okay. So tonight we're talking. You want to tell me what we're talking about? So tonight we are talking about a hodgepodge of coming out slash not coming out, sexuality, and the spectrum of the LGBTQIA plus community. What's I? I didn't. What that? What did that stand for? I be forgetting sometimes. <laughs> Thank you. Intersex and asexual. I'm old. Letters don't change. You old school. I ain't old school. I'm just old. The letters don't change. So, all of that. Oh. Plus. Oh, Lord. I got you. Down on me. Down on me still. <laughs> Thank you, Clabmate, for looking out. Don't add my other profile. That's my um, profile. I ain't nothing on. So. Oh, God. Listen. We didn't catch that. We it's didn't fine. catch it. Okay. So, I have some questions I want to ask you. Are you ready? <laughs> Yeah. Are you ready? Don't get all of my business, but yeah. <laughs> he told me that earlier. He was like, uh-uh. Don't try to make me comfortable so you can get my tea. <laughs> okay. So, tell us, like, how was your coming out experience as it relates to, like, your family and your friends? So, I truly don't have a coming out story because I'm still in the closet, if you want to say that. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but honestly, I've like always been myself. Like, there's nothing much that has changed over the years for me. Um, I don't really date. Um, I've just always been me. Like my my family meet my friends. Uh, there are no issues, no problems. And for us, it's just kind of always been, you know, be authentic, be be true to yourself. In spite of you know, the religious side, the spiritual side, you have to be you and you're still loved no matter who you are. So for me, there was just never a need to sit. I'm like, oh, I'm this or I think I'm that or this is what's going on in my head. It was like, hey, I need money. Hey, um, you know, everybody else is going to do this. I want to <laughs> go too. Hey, um, I just got in trouble at school, but it went my fault. So there was never really any pressure or any prying or poking in my business because one, like, Growing up, I wasn't really a troublemaker to their knowledge. Um, I kept my grades up. I stayed active. I did the right thing. So it was like, before you worry about that, there's always something else mm. with the other kids you can focus on besides what you assume or think about me. So I just never really had that need. And, like, ultimately, like, my mom loved me, my uncles, my aunts, my cousins. I was never separated, isolated. So there was just never no big epiphany of, like, oh, you need to tell them something because I didn't know. Right. Okay, so coming from, like, Belgrade, where we all know everyone, how was that going off to college? Like, how was the experience? So coming from Belgrade and going to college and then getting all of that experience, say, honestly, Belgrade prepare you for, like, the big city for the world because you're already out west, you're in a rural community, you're already overlooked, um... The people who breed and train us um, from, like, middle school on up, we're taught to be fierce. We're taught to go after what we want. Um, we're taught to stand up for ourselves, and we're taught that we can be anything we want to be. 
and it's reflective of the products that come back to the community and the products that don't come back. So in preparing me to go to college, um, if I just got to be honest, I was rude. I was bitchy, and I'd take on whoever. Like, I wasn't scared of nobody. Um, when it came to, like, lifestyle transitions and changes, my first year I was probably hesitant because it still is small town. So, yeah, we connected to the city, but we aren't the city. So there was still a lot of things I wasn't up on. But with the protection of friends and family, you learn a lot of stuff really quick. So ultimately, I will say Bell Lake prepared me spiritually, mentally, and physically to take on whatever came my way. Um, I love that. And then just like the street side and the, the milk in the game, the hustling side also taught you how to survive. So nothing that came your way, you you couldn't overcome if you didn't choose to overcome. So I'll definitely say it prepared me. I love it. I love it. So like, where would you say... Well, I was going to say, where would you prefer to live? But you you currently don't reside in Belgrade. At all. I'll get kicked out. Y'all will kick me out of Bell Glade. It's the mouth for me. And that's how you say it. No, it's really not the mouth. It's the people say stuff or do stuff and expect you not to react. And expect you not to clear them in your reaction so then they mad at you. But it's like, you just said something to me, Rude. So I'm going to say something back, Ruder. And now your feelings hurt because I told the truth and being extra rude to you. You don't go like that. So, bought sense is better than talk sense. Don't say nothing if your mouth can't match. And I'm like, oh, I my hands and okay, the police. You'll go to jail. <laughs> okay. So, I hear like a lot of people who are gay, they always talk about like gay families, the gay community. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Explain that and like explain the dynamic of it. So... There, I'll say this, gay culture is a really broad spectrum. It's built in demographics. And when you think about demographics, you have levels. You have areas. You have different statistics or classes. So in gay culture, you'll have like the gay family. The gay family is typically a system um, of love, mentorship, and support. For example, in a gay family, you'll have like a gay father, a gay mother, they kind of are the head mentor. They're the the bread, the butter, the knowledge, the wisdom, the insight, the finance. So they're the protection. Um, Because in those families, you have a lot of people who parents threw them out. You have people who've been molested. You have people who've been mistreated. You have people who don't have family. You have people who are part of the system. So they come together and still provide that system of family, that system of growth, wisdom, and love to kind of build that individual up. Um, while I have gay family members, like, I always had my regular family, right. my bloodline. I always had love for them. I always had support from them. Even when I went through stuff, whether I shared it or not shared it, I didn't share out of pride, but not out of the need of or the thought of being judged. Yeah. But you have yeah. some people who didn't have that. So those families come together, and they're a system of unity and, like, celebrating and celebrating each other aside from, like, that security that you don't get from people who just do not understand. I never knew about gay families until I started. Um, I used to get on Instagram and YouTube. This guy, Star Milan. Mm-hmm. You know, and he is just like mother. That's the first time I ever heard somebody say like, I'm the mother. And I just, I, I thought, I thought he was just the bomb. And usually you have like, when I got on the scene in Tallahassee, they were all what we call old school. So these were people who were definitely here for at, 5, 10, 15 years, 
you know, now you'll find a your gay mama 18 years, 17. They can't teach you much about life because they still living off their real mama. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was definitely a age and a wisdom gap in between that in order to, for them to truly support you. That was the person who bought you grocery, not you buying them grocery out of your food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they put gas in your car and not you put gas in their car. They paid for you to get in the club on a good night where you might have been down and out versus you paying for them to get in the club. You know, you were able to come stay with them if you need housing, not them stay with you. Uh, you right. have them pay their rent. So it was definitely a systematic structure of support. Um, and for a lot of people, it transcends college life, club scene, um, a city. It really becomes all they have. So even. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That was it. <laughs> so you me. you said the cities off camera. You mentioned like how like each or certain areas are like certain type of gays. Can you explain that? Because I just I listen, y'all. I'm just learning a lot. I never knew this. <laughs> so every like I said earlier, like everything is based in demographics. The demographic will always be different. Like you have perceptions. Like for example. Miami is the city, so they're going to be fast life. They're going to be the city. They're going to be about the fashions and the culture of the city. Orlando is a creative place. It's a place of love. It's a place of culture, so they're really celebratory. Um, Tallahassee is a mix of the college scene and people from all over. So you have your Negro elite or your talented 10th acting gays. Then you have your everyday people. You have your locals. Your Negro elite. What in the the talented tenth are the people who want to be snooty because they're college educated, and sometimes they're condescending and rude. And then sometimes you have ones who just like love on everybody and who good everybody, but it's there. Um, you may go to Atlanta. You may have a mix of a DL crowd. You may have a mix of the plastics. You may have a mix of just like the guys who want to be guys who want to be masculine, um, and that's like their thing. You may have what you call like a femme queen or a butch queen. Um, that's what they're into. You may go across to California and they have a whole different set of people. You go up to like, um, when you start in like DC, um, Philly, New York, you have more of the ballroom scene because the original history starts up there and the family system is totally different than how it operates here. So even when you move to a new city or you go to a new place, you got to learn the culture. You can't go there and say, oh, I'm that dude or I'm that girl because I was that in Florida. You might get beat up before you leave the club that night. You, oh, y'all don't play. Uh, I'm not going to say it like that, but it's like a hierarchy just like in every, everyday regular life. Um, there are hierarchies on your job. There are hierarchies in gangs. There are hierarchies in the street. There are hierarchies in the church. Even in our community, we have hierarchies and you don't touch legends. You don't disrespect your elders or your seniors or... There are umpteen million children to take care of you. <laughs> so that's that's just kind of how that goes. Um, and it is like a time served thing. The more you're around, the more you impact lives, the more you're going to be revered and respected. So that's a plus, too. But all of that kind of stems again back to the family system or whatever that type of system is for the city. Did you have like a, do you have like a gay mom or a gay dad? Um, yeah. I kind of got two of each. Oh, Lord. <laughs> how you get two? Wait a minute. How you get two of each? Because, like, I'm a special case. 
Like I'm hard to deal with. I'm mouthy. He said he has special um, taste. Sometimes I'm nice. Sometimes I'm mean. Um, and there for me, there are different types of people that can deal with me. Like one of my um, mentors, he's more so like I'm the apple is I because I'm the good child. So like, You're the good child. Yeah. And to him, how that happen? He don't catch me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then you have another. <coughs> I'm like. Kind of like the baby who just kind of get the the stern talkings, and then on the other side of the spectrum, I got one who just like yells at me, and I I'm the worst child ever. <laughs> oh, so they see you? They see no, all no, 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 no. I'm accused <laughs> without a judge, jury, or trial. <laughs> Rule number one, never admit you're guilty. Yeah, I'm accused. And then even on that same side, I have another who just kind of trusts me to do the right thing and let me do me. So in that spectrum, they all see a different side of me because our interaction, each one interacts with me differently. So no one person treats me like what they met the first day. Because we as people, we have layers and stuff too. So as they learn the layers of me, they know how to deal with me. Like, I'll never let people just box me in one mold. Because, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a B-word. Like, I'll go in, I'll clown. But I'm probably the first person to, like, give, support, love, or just really have your back and ride or die. So you can't just box me in and say, oh, he's a reed queen. He always talking shit. Or he mean or he a bully when I just fed you yesterday. Or I'm pulling my strings and my networks to make sure you're in school or you got books or you got someone to lay your head or whatever you need happens for you. You can't just box me in that one thing. So that's kind of how I ended up with all four of them. Cause each I was one just about to say, do y'all have to get a cap on how many parents y'all um, get? No, not really. Cause you might have two parents, then they break up and they go marry again or some or get a new little boo. They may want you too. So, Hey, why limit the resources? Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Okay. So has like your family met your family? Yeah. Well, has your um, family met your family? I think unknowingly my mom has met maybe one or two, but like my mom met my friends. Um, like my aunts have met my friends, my uncles, my cousins, they've met like all of my friends, but they don't know the hierarchy of like some of our friendships. Yeah. They just know like we're friends, but they can also tell like I'm the person that keeps up probably the most shit or run the show sometimes. I'm just <laughs> keep Cause like my my mom always said, she was like, "I don't say you got no friends. You're mean." I'm like, "No, I'm not mean. I'm like, you don't know them." Oh. So, <laughs> but like they they've met my friends and like my friends like love my family because they see like they love me. So right. if my cousins or my mom or my aunts or whoever hear me talking about like, "Hey, this is my friend I'm with," they're gonna they're gonna say hi. They're gonna be like, "Who is that? Is that a special friend?" No, because <laughs> I got a special friend. I ain't bringing them around y'all. <laughs> okay, so. Do you see yourself married? Okay, what do you see, what do you label yourself as? Uh-uh, see, so you being nosy now. <laughs> um, I don't like labels except on clothes, and I don't really like those. <laughs> um, but honestly, I, you know, people are like growing up, they're like, oh, you gay, you're a punk. No, I'm not those. Um, I'm really not bisexual, but I think that's hot as hell. Um... I'm really not gender non-conforming because I accept myself as a male. However, if I had to choose one of the two, I would stick with gender non-conforming or androgynous only because 
it doesn't feel like a label, like you're just existing. Like, no, that doesn't mean I want to walk around in heels and wear makeup or put on a ponytail. That just means you're not going to box me into what somebody else considers being a man or equate me to what you consider to be feminine because ultimately my standards and expectations in life may be different from yours. Right. Um, and, like, when you just think about masculinity, it can, like, you always hear toxic masculinity. Right now, people are <coughs> shading or throwing salt at Russell Wilson's manhood because of how he treats Sierra. Yeah. But to me, that's an example of manhood because that's what I saw in my man. family. Mm-hmm. That's how women were treated in my family value. So, to me, if you're that's a future, yeah, if you're a future, you're not a man to me. Mm. So, somebody who telling me like who reflects that telling me about my manhood, you're a joke. So I'd rather be gender nonconforming if the majority of y'all going to consider that manhood over this. Right, anyway. right. So while that's not my label, that's the one I would prefer to, you to use more like gender nonconforming androgynous. I'm just going to exist in my skin, like be me. Okay. So would you ever get married? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So. Do tell. I honestly I always tell myself if I wasn't probably married by 35, I'm not getting married. Like, I'm not finna try and be like 40 trying to get married. Y'all got me effed up. Because at that point, I'm too, like, stubborn and set in my own mode and my own ways and who I want to be, how I want to move, that I ain't got time to, like, adjust for nobody. So if we get married, it's strictly a contract. Money, business, we finna go buy some kids and play house. So you want kids? Um, No. I said bye, which means you have a nanny, you got grandparents who mad because you ain't got kids and stuff. So here, here's a drop off. We gonna contract everything scheduled and planned. What about true love? What about it? At forty, I ain't trying to follow no true love. I'm halfway old. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't guaranteed to make it to one twenty five. I got probably a good thirty to forty years. I'm not finna waste it trying to be in true love. No. Um, okay, what about now? So now, I'll probably need another year because I'm toxic. <laughs> I like to pick fights. I like to argue. Um, I like to be the victim. Um, How you want to be toxic and the victim at the same time? Easy. You pick a fight, and then when they start, you be the victim. You was just trying to communicate, and now you're being attacked and bullied. That's simple. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, if y'all ever hear him use that line, just know he he's playing the victim. So you said another year. No, I did not. <laughs> I said I consider. need another year to consider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause let me tell you, like Yeah, I'm just a hodgepodge. Cause You gotta tell us what this terminology is. What hodgepodge is mean? mean I'm just all of that. Um one, because can't know anybody come around my family. Okay. Um, two, I think I've only dated officially on the books once. I'm good for a nasty old situationship, um, little revenge date, stuff like that. I don't, I just don't have time for like people in my space, at least until. I feel like I have my life, and not saying like my life's not together, but until right. I'm ready to share my life with somebody, 
Right now, I enjoy harassing my brother and my sister. I enjoy bullying my niece. Um, I enjoy me in my space. So it's like, yeah, there are times like, uh, I'm looking for love. I want to be in love. Then it's like times like, uh, I ain't got time for this because that bell glade come out and then hands go to moving, your mouth go to running, and then next thing you know, you got a situation. He say hands go to moving, mouth go to running. And no, I don't believe in domestic violence, but I'll talk a little SH, you know what. So <laughs> <laughs> um, just ultimately to answer that, it'll truly have to be, and not even on like some true love, like the perfect type match, it'll really have to be, you're going to have to sweep me off my feet. You can't roll up on me like a data, a quick screw, like no. You can't impress me with material. I've had the best of the best, the worst of the worst. There's a certain level of things I do for me. So, honestly, if you don't have the intellect or the brain power, one, it's going to already be hard. Because I'm already so mentally strong and mentally challenging with the Virgo in me and then just my nature. You can't sweep me off my feet with good looks and material. Mm. So, at the point, you dumb. I like that. Period. Poo. Yeah. Poo. So, would you ever date a girl? God, no. <laughs> so, let me say this. Why? Um. Why? You know, you know, COVID. <laughs> he said, so, get your hands off me. <laughs> yeah, um, there are some women that I do find attractive. Do I want to date them? Do I want to screw them? No. How be Why ever? You gotta say it like that. I don't know, cause fish got bones that'll get stuck in your throat. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this: for a little polygamy, it would be optional. Um, it would be considered, but just like me and fish, no. Well, I, t- I think it's the facial expressions for me. I really think it's the facial expression. Because anybody who know me know I'd have just been telling a big, bold-faced lie. So only if they wants it. No, see, it's not really if they want it. It's got to be a we thing. If we both agree and then we down, like, okay, cool. But she ain't just going to bring a piece of in the so house. So it will be a full-blown relationship. Yeah, we going to go together. All the rest going to go together. So when you ain't here, I go with her. When, you, when I ain't there, you go with her. We All three of us married. She have a baby from you. She gonna have one for me, so they could be full blooded siblings <laughs> on the mama's side. Oh god, <laughs> I'm done, y'all. I am done. I'm done. So, so you're open to no boom boom. I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> so you never you never thought about it. Be honest. God. It's some beautiful women out there. It is, and I love them, and I admonish them, and I worship and adore them because they've carried the world on their back. He says, they, no, I ain't yeah. climbing nails, and I, I need you now. He said, I, I tried, y'all. He said, no. But I love them. I think women are God's gift to earth. They are sacred. They are to be revered and treated with the utmost grace and dignity and respect, even when they don't do it for themselves. Ooh. Someone should always remind them and build another woman or somebody just remind them of the gift they are. I do believe in all of that. But yeah, that is just same for me. He don't want us, y'all. That's what I said for you. Is that better? He don't want See, us. See, that's not true. He don't. 
You said don't want. I just said it's not for me. I might wake up in the morning and have a different mindset. Have you had a different mindset thus far in life? About three or four or five times, I have. You thought you wanted one? <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend until I just ain't tell y'all. <laughs> Are you and your ex-girlfriend's cool now? God, no. Wait. It was like elementary school. It, that don't that count. That don't count. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what? Y'all might, but y'all might be cordial. If it was elementary, you couldn't break her heart that bad. So, being a black gay male, you basically have like three strikes against you already. How can you, how do you navigate in society with those, what most people will look at as, you know, negative looks, negative aspects? How do you like navigate? So, I will say <coughs> that that's a good question, but it's also a stigma. And let me tell you why. Because honestly, the person that has the most strikes against them in life will always be the black woman. Mm-mm. If you take it back to the hierarchy of the slave master, you got the white man, the white woman, the cat, yeah. the dog, the black man, the black children, the black cat, the black dog, the black woman. So it'll always be them. What? But in that spectrum, they have to learn that we aren't your enemies. Um, and we are enemies as black people. For us, while we do have those strikes, what hinders us more is not the outside world, it's the inside world. Um, it's black men being uncomfortable in their sexuality and thinking that everybody wants them when someone broke, busted, disgusted, don't work for us. Um, <laughs> Other than the broke. And then them not. hurting us. Is sometimes black women thinking everybody wants their man, and that's far from the case. Um, no, no. I mean, people will say, "Oh, you looking at me?" Or they'll no, I'm not. You're ugly. Um, (laughs) and not being rude, but um, with that, the outside world loves us, while they may still our creative and still our culture. White people are hire us sometimes before black people will. Spanish people work with us sometimes before black people will. So, honestly, and it's going to always be like a black man or a black woman. So, honestly, it's our own that hurt us more than anything. But with that in mind, we know we have to go stronger. We have to be harder. And when I say, like, be harder... Like, just in the, in the system in life, we have to be smarter, wiser. We have to be more credentialed. We have to be more well-spoken. We have to be more polished. We have to watch our backs. We can't trust anybody. So we have way more to navigate than anyone else. But I wouldn't – it's only a strike in our community, let me say that, but mm. not the outside world. So have you experienced, like, not being – taken in or accepted or like given opportunities from you know black people versus people of another race personally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um actually my first three like on the books jobs were for people that were not of color fam you was my first time working for like black people oh wow <laughs> wow mm-hmm so um, did that make you feel away? Like, did you ever feel 
bad about your sexuality, about who you are? Did you ever like feel bad about that at any point in your life? Um, I wouldn't say feel bad. There was a time you have to navigate it. Um, and like the reason I say I wouldn't feel bad because I knew I was always loved, but there was a time of navigation to understand. One, I had to break the cycle of understanding spirituality versus religion, the structure of religion, the institution that people use to enslave others to the principles they want them to believe and not tell them the whole truth and really lead them into the spiritual side of it. So why I didn't have that in church and in our family, the outside world views religion as more prevalent than the spirituality of being connected to Christ or the Holy Ghost mm. and understanding that love conquers all. They find every which rule that ain't a commandment and that ain't in the New Testament. And so it leaves a lot of people out there questioning themselves on a the first class flight to hell when there are other people who can't throw the first stone. I agree. So once, honestly, fam, you helped me break that mold, like taking African-American history, taking philosophy, taking ethics, taking religious courses, I was able to break the structure and institution of religion because there were just simple questions like, okay, you're telling me all of this about the Bible, I'm going to hell, but you don't know what the Council of Nicaea is and what the rest of the books of the Bible are. Or you're not preaching telling us that it was Jews, you know, the Jewish people trying to persecute Christ and then trying to link out together. We sitting here in church thinking it's all one big thing and right. it's not. So if you couldn't do that, you couldn't tell me how I was going to live my life because the Holy Spirit, I know the God, I know it at least told you the difference in that to minister to people. <laughs> so I'm shady even when it comes to religion. Clearly. Um, but once I was able to break that mold down and that those mental chains, because those that's really what they are, chains people put on you to understand that God loved me in spite of mm. and that some of the people that was preaching and teaching and pushing this hate because that's truly what it was, weren't no closer to making it to heaven than I was. Because I tithe more than them. I love harder than them. I pray more than them. I was able to accept me and my walk. And like I say, I'm thinking my family, you know, once you get grown, people going to talk. People going to question. They're going to have questions. I'm thinking maybe they're questioning or want to know. And even if they were, it still never got to me. And it still was, we love you. Why aren't you coming home? Or when are you coming home? Or we ready to see you when I was just out being wild and crazy and traveling. We still want to see you. Could go everywhere, but you can't come home. So for me, once I broke those chains, I was able to be comfortable fully in my skin, but also truly accept love beyond what I thought love was and truly give out love. So all of that in one, it's a lot, but that takes layers and years and time too. Did a great job. He's a journalist. So, how was your college experience? Like, how was that? So, the worst thing about college is it only lasts four years. That's why I took five. (laughs) Oh, goodness. You was talking about your I was a super senior. (laughs) (laughs) My (laughs) boss. That was the worst part of college. Like, it just, it's like, okay, so like my first year. Wait, you was a what? A super senior. Can you explain that for the people that don't know? So, if you go to a a colored school (laughs) or an HBCU, you understand the um, financial aid lines and the we ain't offering this class this semester. And, okay, I'm going to drop a class this semester because my nerve wrecked. So, I was scheduled, I think, you know, I would have been spring 12 had I been on track. Okay. So then 
Dropped the class, failed the class. I ain't gonna lie. Um, then here you go, summer twelve. Oh, we're not offering that class in the summer. Okay, cool. So I'm fall twelve. You, 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 you. <laughs> Get the fall twelve. Yeah, you can't take these two classes together. Okay. Ah. Then come spring twelve. Yeah, we're full. You're gonna have to wait till the summer. But you can take this one. Okay, cool. Summer 13. Yeah, Mr. Williams, go ahead and get the list for the classes, and we're going to do it the summer. Get the list. Got 15 people. Yeah, we're going to wait to the fall. And there was a year later. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you become a super senior. But my first year, like, I was active on campus, still kind of keeping up this. Sh- I ain't going to say a charade, but, yeah, charade from Glade Central. Just, hey, be active, have fun, learn, grow. Ran for stuff, won, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. My sophomore year, I was like, hmm, this ain't the life. This ain't cool. I don't even like some of these people. I feel like I'm being fake. So then, like, I started kind of going out in the city with, like, my best friends. Um, really just exploring the city. And when I say exploring the city, not that we was out being, like, sluts and thoughts or nothing. We would go out. we have drinks. we eat. By then, we started, like, road tripping more. So, like, road tripping exposes you to so much. Yes, Lord. Um, from Tallahassee, Jacksonville is two hours. Pensacola is two and a half. Panama City is an hour and a half. Atlanta is four hours. New Orleans is five to six hours. You can get the Jackson, Mississippi in six hours. You he can get the Nashville in eight down. hours. He you can get the Birmingham in five hours. You can get the Huntsville in six. You can get to Charlotte in eight. So, we would hit the road. And... I that exposed. He just told us how to get the yeah. whole South region, playing. y'all. Y'all be playing hoop. We be out. <laughs> then Orlando was four hours south. You know, Tampa was three hours south. So we had options. Um, so we would always road trip. You know, hundred dollars and four people in the car. That's your gas and your hotel, yeah. and you had food stamps, Publix. So. Um, by my sophomore year, we start just kind of like road tripping, exploring more. Um, my junior year joined organizations. Um, that was like fun. You're connected to more people. Um, by then, like I was running campaigns and stuff on campus too. So that just was like way more exposure. Um, my first senior year, <laughs> I was senior class president. So, oh, mm-hmm. so mm. I got to do that. Um, that was like fun. Travel like we always travel with SGA with um other organizations. We're like student national alumni association. My second senior, I was homecoming and I got removed. Um, but no, I just stopped doing work. I was like, I'm just ready to graduate. (laughs) (laughs) I was ready to drop out of school. I was sick of them. Wait, when did you become so comfortable in as this person? Like, when did you become so comfortable with? I'm Tori. This is who I am. Hated to love it. This is what it is. Um, so, honestly, I was worse than this. If you really knew me back in the day, like, I was, like, I was kind of like a bully. Like, I was, like, mean-spirited. People just didn't know that because I know how to put on a pageant face and a leader face in front of the crowd. Um, I was a get-you-gotcha person. You slap my cat, I'm going to slap your cat, kick your dog, and stump your bird. That was me. I was, like... I grew up watching Jawbreaker and Cruel Intentions, so oh, I God. never wanted to be like this nice person. I always wanted to be like a mean person. I always wanted to be like a bully. Huh, you want <laughs> yeah, I never wanted to be like a nice person. But growing yeah. up, um, cause those are my favorite movies, so I want to be the antagonist I saw. Okay, you okay? That's <laughs> but, real. But honestly, just you know, growing up with love and care and family, growing up 
seeing ministers who give, who sow into people, who love people. My ethical core and foundation was the complete opposite of who or what I wanted to be. So it was always conflicting. And then growing up and being mentored by various leaders, you're getting the, well, you're a leader or you're the president or you're the person at the top. You can't be that way. It changed the dynamic of who or what I wanted to be. So like, yeah, I won stuff, but it was like, I'm going to vote for him. I'm just going to be mean for the rest of the year. <laughs> um, but also, like, I would work for stuff, too. So, ultimately, I would say, like, 2011, I had got to a place to where I wanted to make sure I loved and enjoyed the skin I'm in because, like, I'm really culturally diverse and aware. So, I wasn't going to limit myself to, like, small town thinking, to Florida thinking, to fam you thinking. Um, if I heard or read something, I agreed. I felt it was right or standard or it fit like within the values of my ethics and my beliefs, I would support it. Um, and then just like a mix of being a part of politics and social society was able to kind of help me mold and kind of get that uptightness of you can't trust everybody. Don't be scared. Um, don't be vulnerable type spirit out of me. And then it was just like, Enjoy the mojo, and you have a gift, you have a talent. You have to use that not only for yourself, but to build others. And ultimately, like just the way it was raised, if you have talents or gifts, your talents or gifts are to be used for the building of God's kingdom. So you never know your assignment to build his kingdom or to build his people. And I look at it like now today, like two or three ministers have shared with me just in 2021 alone, your gift take showing places we can't go and people will receive that won't receive from us. So like even in spite of me, y'all gonna taste like just the feel of who I am back door, I'm a really like supportive, loving, caring person. I'm the person usually building people up or I'm the person you lose somebody, you want me to call you, I'll call and cry with you. We could cry together. <laughs> We're gonna pray when we done, but you know, I'll cry with you. You could you know, I'll come over and cook you something to eat. So just that love and that loving people through that honestly shined more than who I wanted to be. So it was easier to accept and own the skin I was in because by then I had a mix of the two and I learned how to cage what I shouldn't have wanted to be mm. and allow to shine what I was meant to be. So from there, once I really saw that people love you, people care about you no matter what others think or say or no matter what your past is, I was just able to walk in, like, my mold and my shell. And, like, now, no problems. I mean, you got haters out there. Yeah. But it's yeah, like, when you're ugly, you got to hate. God bless you. I'll pray for you. He was doing good. <laughs> he gave this whole positive. Look at Instagram showing you love. And then you tell <laughs> Listen, he, I'm like, oh, yes. And then, when you ugly, you got to hate. No, and, and when I say when I say that sometimes people your heart. Yeah, sometimes people gotta understand ugly is not always a physical characteristic. It can be in the spirit, it can be an intention. A lot of me. It can be in behavior. People. And like I said, I know I got some get you got your ways. And those are the things that I cage because I don't want to block my blessings or even block people's ability to receive from me because they've seen me have to like snap out of the and go into mm -hmm. that to kind of stand some ground and stuff. So it's twofold. It's layered. 
this man. Listen, I I enjoy having you. I really did. I ain't coming back, so don't ask me. You coming back? No. Why not? Uh uh-uh, uh, let me see what they saying, cause see they throwing on nose and let me see. Listen, depending <laughs> on the topic, you're gonna see a lot of views after. You that's how they get that they wanna come. And being all the look, being all the tease. Let me look, let me see what they said on. Oh, <laughs> Talk about a husband. Do y'all have any questions for him? I'll take a few. He said he'll take a few. I'll take some. If you guys have any questions, we're looking. I'm looking on both. You guys can just drop them. And you know, I asked you that because I'm being honest. A lot of people end up with L. What is it? L B T L. LGBTQ, just say the LGBTQ. Because I'm trying to think of the I and the A and the question mark. Um, a lot of people in that community, like, they don't, they have good confidence. I'm just being real. Like, y'all have some confidence, baby. But sometimes that's all you have. It's like when you live in a world where people will persecute you just for walking down the street and trying to be the person who you want to be or that makes you comfortable or happy people will persecute you throw rocks at you throw bleach at you attack you or even take your life you have no choice but to if today is gonna be my last day strutting down the street i'm gonna strut down the street like i'm the baddest thing walking because i might get killed today for being mean Mm. you ain't got no choice at the fact wow. that you choose to express yourself how you mentally or how you spiritually feel, and that's a threat to someone for some reason that you haven't done anything to them, you wake up and go out the door every day knowing that you could possibly lose your life or you could possibly be attacked. So you don't have a, you shouldn't go out with your head down or being you better live it and and not saying you got to be the baddest thing walking but you better embrace that day like it's your only day because there are evil mean-hearted people out there who will try and take that day from you or ensure that you don't see another one have you ever have you ever felt like you were close to experiencing that um no but every time they've said or done something to me, I get back with them. So, like, I don't been walking out and shit like, Cece, I'm like your mammy. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you just can't let it go. No, God. Now, there have been times, like, I've been in the club and people do little stuff. Like, I might be with my homegirls or, like, my best friend. Like, they'll do something shady. But I've never been, like, touched or anything thrown or done to me. Because if you do something to me, I'm going to do something back to you. That's the bell That's the bell in you. Yeah. That's the bell so, in you. Ultimately, I'd rather go out standing up for myself than to go out running away. Um, one thing about it, if they ever take me out here, y'all, it's some dirt under my nails because I scratched them so y'all could get some DNA. So check under my nails. I ain't stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> you gonna make sure you scratch. You, you got to, you gotta do something. My phone on, um, my camera on, my audio on, some it's gonna upload automatically. I clock something. But I've I've never been in that predicament, but I've had friends in that predicament. I've had people I know and I care about in that predicament. I've had to bury people who, like, have slept in my house or rode in the car with me. I've let borrow my car or they've done stuff for me. They fed me. A, you know, I don't stay at their house, X, Y, Z. And not not like one or two, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So... 
for us, wow, it's not a good feeling. That's the side that people don't see. And it's like you have to move on quick because guess what? You may still be trying to mourn somebody from January, and by May, two or three more people have either been killed or died. And what you finna do, mourn five people? You're, you you going to take yourself out of here. That happens. And so those are the side. That's the side of it that people don't see. Um, And then they add their own extra tension or problems, not knowing what people on this side of the fence already have to deal with. And like I can say, I have my own issues, but I'm lucky because of the support system and foundation I come from. Right. If anything, a lot of my problems are self-inflicted. Because if people run me problems, I get rid of them. So, like, for me, I know I'm my own problem. Me being moody, <laughs> me right. and my, my ways from here to transitioning from battling there. But other people don't have that. They may have had to work all their life, fight all their life, not had support, not had love. And then you don't want to hire them because you feel like they're gay or you, excuse me, you shooting at them because they gay walking down the street don't make it better. So now imagine somebody waking up going through all of their own life issues they went through all their life. And because they're gay and you don't like punks or gays, you do something to them. You punch them or you hit them or you break their nose or jaw. Now that's a bill they may have, whether they have insurance or not, to go get it fixed that you did out of hate. So now that adds another layer onto what that person's dealing with. And that's why you see like a lot, a lot, like a lot of people in the community deal with like mental health issues or depression mm. or X, Y, Z. I can say like I've dealt with my share of just depression. Like I lost like my aunt and one of my closest friends like months apart. And for me, it was a spiritual battle. It was a mental health battle. It was just a self-esteem and like self battle because those were people who I value who had like influence over my life. And I had to get to a point to where you got to live your life without them giving you a template or without their approval. And that was something I wasn't ready for. And I had not only did I have to build myself up, my friends had to do it. My family had to do it. And ultimately, the last step was, okay, God, I'm tired of this. I'm ready. I got it. I'm good. And boom, as soon as I did that, not even a month turnaround, I truly was ready. So... People really don't know a lot of the things that, like, people in the community deal with. And, like, for me, I cover a lot. Like, I'm, as a friend, I'm really, really overprotective. So, like, I cover stuff up for my friends. And not, like, in a right. in a negative way, but, like, if I can fix it, if I can Olivia Pope it or make something work or pull the resource, it's I'm going to do that. It, it's going to be <laughs> handled. handled. Um, there are things that I can't fix that I can't touch, but I'm going to always try to. So, everybody... In our community, don't have that. They don't have friends like that. Their people are the best of friends, and they all three struggling together. So all they know is, I rather struggle with child than to struggle alone. So if we hungry, we gonna be hungry together. Okay, we got five dollars together. We finna get a five dollar um, pizza, and we we got ten dollars on the food stamp card. We could get something to drink and some snacks. That's happened. It don't been summers. We all you know at one apartment, even though we got separate spaces or whatever. You got 10, I got 10, I got 10. Okay, this is $10 a day. We got chicken and rice tomorrow. We on chicken and noodles. We finna go get some thighs and legs and grill, put some hot dogs on. But And it it wasn't that, oh, your parents won't give you money or or you didn't have a job. 
bills, school check ain't came, and maybe my parents ain't gonna get it to me. Well, we gotta make sure y'all eat. We gotta make sure we all eat. We gotta make sure we all good. So there's a sense of communalism that comes from it, but it just comes with a lot that people don't know. And yeah, I wouldn't. I'm being honest. I would have never thought all of that. Yeah. And it's it's like layers. When I say it's like layers to it, you'll never know or understand. And even if you like around it and you live it, there's still stuff like I've kind of like I left Tallahassee, left to go to Tallahassee, 08. So I was in Tallahassee like 08 to 14. And I went to like Nashville for three months, learned so much different between like Nashville and running the streets in Memphis, XYZ. Came back to Florida, stayed for like two years. Then I came back down south from like 17, 18. Then I went back to Tallahassee. Every area was different. Every time and phase of that cycle was a different learning phase. And like now I'm finally to a place like I can talk about it, own it, not be embarrassed or ashamed about anything. But there are still people who are battling phases of life or things they've been through or experiences that they just aren't ready to talk about. They probably would never talk about only because they may not be healed from it. They may not want to share it or they may not even recognize it as an experience because it was that traumatizing. It was that good. And you know what? A lot of times people do not recognize trauma because they're so used to it that they don't feel like anything is wrong with it. Wow. Yeah. So we have a hodge, like I said, that hodgepodge is just like a, cause like I'm still learning stuff and what I learned at 18 or 19 may not be what I learned at 40 or 50. People now at 40 and 50, healthcare system is different. Their body's different. They may get treated a certain type of way by doctors. Um, you know, they're you looking. Know what? And I don't even think we think that far yeah. off with it. You know, yeah. like, I just uh, don't. Or when you're, when you, now when you're 40 and 50 and you're married and you're state, like, perfect example, we have people who have been couples, be it married legally or just civil union partners built everything together. And if they weren't married legally, one died, the family come and take everything and don't get that person done when they built everything together. They have that. So they weren't fighting for equality or like, like, because for a while, like, I never advocated for gay marriage. I'm just like, no, it's a sin. It's going too far. And blah, 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 blah. And then I thought what about it. I'm like, what made that change? Understanding that. I don't know y'all. Y'all hated this man and judged him and we, uh, this woman and we built the life together. For 30, 40 years, and then they die. Y'all come get everything? Mm. That changed my mind real quick because I'm like, no, that ain't how that go. And guess what? There was nothing you could fight for in court. Wow. Stuff that probably got their name on it, but your money paid for it. They just had the good credit, but you had the money. Or it really was y'all's together. But the things that happen in a regular relationship, but it's times two just because of your sexuality. Yep. So stuff like that made me change my mind. Or we can't get married here, but I'm all you got. And you can't get on my insurance because we can't get married. Ooh. And you need health insurance. And your family don't even deal with you. So I think those are the you things. You see the bigger picture. Yeah. I think those are the things people have to look past. Because, like, I still love people. Um, I can't. It's not my job to judge people. I'm not the executioner. Um, I'm not God. So ultimately, when it comes to people's livelihood from an economic, social welfare type standpoint, 
you have to be progressive minded because everybody's situation isn't going to be the same. And at the point where you think you can like legislate or regulate people's love, we're going to their bedroom, we're going to their household, how they run their house, I think you're sick in the brain. Because mm. <laughs> you, you, you can't. You, you just can't. And like I say, people. As people get older, yeah, we look at the younger generation that because the younger, the I'm being honest, the younger the generation make it look like it's like like glamorous. everything is perfect, but, glamorous. But think about these people in their fifties through their eighties. There are seniors who, before twenty twelve, couldn't marry, but now they're so far along. They've built these lives, and they didn't. If one left beforehand, especially yeah. if they had kids already or an ex wife or their mama was still alive or their siblings. They My heart goes out to the people that that were coming out ten and twenty years ago, you know, and they didn't have it wasn't it was looked down upon really mm-hmm. bad. You can you're saying like you can't walk down the street mm-hmm. without having to fight. Like my heart goes out to those people and something that and when I called you when I called you up and asked you, this was my main reason for wanting you on here because I feel like I I look at, you know, gay people, bisexual people, whatever, and I say I respect you for being who you are because mm-hmm. so many people can't be that. And I think, you know, it displays a a lot of self-love to say, mm-hmm. even if I have to stand by myself, I'm going to stand and make myself happy. That's you true. know how many adults now, we say it all the time, you in a uh, 20 year marriage and you're not happy but you're scared to be by yourself you don't love yourself enough to not let people treat you any type of way you know mm-hmm. like I said oh, yeah yeah that's I think that's something that I really do love the fact that this is who I am and I'm okay and you don't have to love me because I think I love me for enough mm-hmm. for me and you and I have to catch myself because sometimes because I know like I said earlier that get you got you and me I will tolerate things to not be reactive, cause mm. I'm a I'm a blow the whole house up. Not, I ain't gonna just yeah I ain't gonna bust the windows. I'm blow the whole house up, and then somebody next door house gonna be blew up because I blew yours up, and I'm like, Ooh. My bad. It wasn't for <laughs> yeah, you. it went for you, but sorry, you stay next door. <laughs> it just got the back I hope you go to Habitat for Humanity. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to learn to start pulling myself out of stuff like that, but even in times that I didn't. Because I pray still, God has pulled me out of some stuff, um, and I'm and and what I can tell people about that, it's better for you to remove yourself than to be forcibly removed. Because He may not remove you how you want to be removed. <laughs> yeah, they said that man when he yeah. spank you, baby, he spank you. Um, and now one thing I'll say about like our city, we have this culture of exposing people and calling everybody punks and sissies. And I'm trying to find a nice way. To <laughs> I want to get you some gold. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, so while you say, I'm gonna tell you what Elena said. Elena said he's always found a way. To see the light even in a dark situation. That's what I love about him. That's my girl. 
That girl had me from the burning schoolhouse down by her. Lord. <laughs> they to kick me out of school. Wait, well, what were you going to say about people exposing me? Because somebody may need to watch this, and they may need to listen to this and so, just gain some knowledge. Let me say this. First of all, revenge porn is illegal. You will go to jail. He was waiting to say that. They part. will take you to jail. <laughs> but I'm trying not to let the bell let come out. Because there's no nice way for me to put it, but I'm going to say it like this. I've never seen someone with couth or who's becoming of an individual has a little class or a little intellect or, you know, a little grace or style or poise about them expose someone. It's always someone who's very urban and, you know, the bottom of their feet has cracks in it and their toenails are discolored. It's always a certain demographic of girl and or guy. And that's not cute. Um, people have the right uh, to entertain have relations or whatever you want to call it whoever they choose it's not your business if you find out you're dating someone who's dl who paying for who cheating on you or whatever whatever more than likely the red flags were there and you were delusional about them it is not the public's business because guess what you're exposing yourself and your lack of self-esteem about the issue trying to hurt that person if you was real about it you're gonna handle the situation in-house and move on and that's what it is. So it's not everybody else's business what someone doing. Hurt people hurt people. So Ooh. let that hurt go. Ooh. Um, That's not cute. It's not hot. It's not dope. I don't care how you feel about me because you can't outread me. And I don't fight no more. I call the police. God no. I was going to do now, a reading class. But, but y'all going to have to pay me, me like $50 a head. Because listen. <laughs> teach me. No. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's not hot. And granted, I ain't gonna lie, I'm I'm messy. I you know get in my group chat up like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? But then every time I find out what's going on, it's from someone. I'm like, it's the face for me. <laughs> yeah, it's always from like a a gutter sniper, a dragon. So yeah, you know, stop what? that. I'm. I think we can leave it there. Because I'm being honest, I really feel like that was a powerful statement. Like, be mindful of what you say and what you do. Because y'all going to jail. Somebody, if they send y'all the video. Echo yourself. Say it again. Y'all going to jail. 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 (laughs) (laughs) On that note, thank you guys so much for joining us. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I will see you guys back next Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Y'all gonna jail. Y'all gonna <laughs> jail. And I'm gonna tell. You know, you know what? <laughs> what? You still on Facebook? I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell. <laughs> I'm gonna pray for you. I enjoyed though. You did awesome. I ain't coming back because you got too many good teas. <laughs> You did awesome. I really enjoyed. You don't even get. You don't. You're really good on camera. Show my ass. You're really good.